This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Win money betting on golf this year. Betting on golf is fun, but picking winners isn't easy. BetSports Golf has the data, tools, and experts to turn your Sundays into paydays. Members get in-depth articles, research tools, and our team's picks each and every week. If you had bet $100 on every wager the BetSports Golf team had recommended last year, you'd be up nearly $10,000. For a limited time, you can head to BetSportsGolf.com to get a special price on a year-long subscription. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Playing Around podcast. I'm your host, Paige Renee, and we're going to be doing a Q&A episode today. We haven't done this in a little bit, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Sam lost her voice when we were in Chicago. It was a very hectic couple days of work morning till night. I was at the Chicago Golf Show on Saturday and Sunday and also did shoots with X-Golf, and it was mayhem at the Chicago Golf Show. I've never been there before. The only time I've done something like that was the PGA show in Orlando, and this was vastly different. This was open to the public, and the setup was really cool, but I'm starting to see the impact that I'm having, which is, it's been overwhelming in a positive way because before I could almost live a double life where I had followers online, but in my private life, I could walk around and, you know, really do anything I wanted and never be recognized or noticed. But I would say in the last year and a half, it really switched over after I was named the sexiest woman alive by Maxim that I started to get recognized a lot everywhere. And of course, certain places I expect if I'm on the golf course or a sporting event, that's kind of my main demographic. But now I'll be at like a restaurant or grocery store or at the airport and people are coming up to me now. And it's really interesting because a lot of them, the first thing they say is, I listen to the podcast. And I love when people say that or they'll be like, you taught me how to do a flop shot (laughs) or a bunker shot. And they pick out these really specific things that are the most meaningful to me. Like I love when people listen to the podcast and I love when people watch my golf instruction. And that's the number one thing that they say, most people say when they come up and meet me for the first time. And it's always nice to put a face to the name because I don't really get to, I get to interact with a lot of you, but it's just different when you're able to connect with someone one-on-one, you know, face-to-face. And so the Chicago Golf Show was awesome, but I'm really excited to get into this Q&A and let's just do it. 
So the first question is, do you usually play from the whites at most courses? I think a lot of people expect women to play from the front tees. I mean, they literally call them the women's tees, <laughs> the red tees. And sometimes I'll play from the front tees. And this is one tip drill that I actually tell people to do all the time. If you want to start getting comfortable shooting lower scores, play from the front tees. So start from the front tees. And if you can't shoot par under from there, then you probably shouldn't move back. But if you consistently can shoot under par from the front tees, then you can move back to the next tees. And then we can shoot under par from those tees and you can move back and you just go from there until you're shooting under par from the tips. But most people have these mental barriers and they can't break through. And you see a lot of people where they're having the round of their life and then they go triple bogey bogey or double, double, double on the last holes or the back nine because they're not used to going low. They're not comfortable being in that situation. So when you play from the front tees, it should be a little bit easier because the course is shorter, which means you have more wedges in, but people realize that that's where they're struggling because most people don't practice their short game and their wedges that much. And so this is a great drill to do when you're trying to get comfortable shooting lower scores to work on your short game is play from the front tees. The tees that I play from, kind of all over. If I want to have more of a relaxed fun round, I'll play up. If I am just you know, playing my normal tees, it's usually one in front of the tips. If I'm playing with a bunch of dudes, then I'll play from whatever tees they want to play from. And most of the time it's from the tips. And so I'll just kind of mix and match and play wherever. And I think that's okay. Like you can play different tee boxes and even on some holes, even during the round, if you don't want to play from the tips on all of them, or if you want to play up on some, do it. Make the course whatever you want to make it. And I think that that makes it so much more fun because there are certain holes that just set up better as like a reachable par four or a two sharp par five, or you want to stretch it out and make it a difficult par four. Like you can play the course differently all the time. And so if you're at your home course and you play the same tees all the time, I want to challenge you to play different tees and mix it up and play the course so many different ways. And it actually turns it into a completely different golf course. It's one of my favorite things to do. Next question is, will you be at the Paige Spranick bobblehead day at the Brewers game this June? Yes, I will be there. We had such an amazing time the last time I was at the Brewers stadium. I threw out the first pitch and <laughs> unfortunately went viral for being body shamed. <laughs> so hopefully this time it goes better and maybe I'll bring like a whole lighting crew out with me so I look the best that I can. Um, but jokes aside, I'm really excited to go back. I think I'm throwing out the first pitch again. Hopefully I won't be as nervous as last time. I was terrified, shaking like a leaf. I pounded like two tequila shots before I went out there because I was so nervous. I didn't want to go viral for like a 50 cent type first pitch throw. And luckily I didn't do that, but I then had to deal with all of those other body shaming issues. But I'm really excited to go back. The whole crew is so incredibly nice. Everyone there was so sweet and it's gonna be really great. So if you are in the area or around the area, you guys can come out and we're doing a big event at the X Golf there in Brewer Stadium, giving away bobbleheads, doing the first pitch, all of that good stuff. So I'm very excited for that. Again, hopefully I'll be less nervous than last time. Next question is one thing you would give as advice to the teenage version of you? Mm. This is a really great question. I think that 
I'm a real people pleaser and I have learned to overcome that through the years of maturity and just dealing with people not liking you even though you're doing everything you possibly can to make them like you and it puts so much pressure on yourself and it stresses you out and so I think I would tell teenage me to just not give a shit (laughs) to not really care you don't need the popular people to like you you don't need to seek validation from boys you don't need to seek validation from anyone it's taken me again like I said years to find this inner confidence it's also taken me years of therapy to also come to the realization that I love myself and I'm confident in who I am and to not let anyone else bring me down I think that's something that we can all learn from is that you can be so nice to people and do everything in your power to be a good person and they still might not like you and that's okay. And why are you chasing validation from someone who doesn't even like you? (laughs) It doesn't make sense. I used to do that growing up, especially as a teenager with boys all the time. If they didn't like me, it almost made the chase more enticing. And I was just setting myself up for heartbreak and failure. And I had to learn that you set the standard, you know, like that's okay. Like you need to set higher standards for yourself and you should only let people in who one, want to be your friend or a partner, um, whatever it may be. Because this applies to everything in your life, romantic, personal relationships, business relationships. Why do you seek out people who have no interest in you? And this has helped me in, like I said, my personal life and also my professional life. I only want to work with people who understand me and my business and what I'm trying to create as well in my personal life is having friends, family, partners around who just love me for me and not trying to change or feeling like I have to change who I am. And so I think that would be the biggest advice I'd give to a teenage version of myself is set your standards high, love yourself, be confident in who you are, and don't seek validation from people who just don't like you. (laughs) Do you wish you played on the LPGA tour? Yes. I always want to be a professional athlete and it kills me to this day that I never made it, especially because I was a competitive gymnast growing up and I was competing at a really high level. I wanted to go to the Olympics, but with gymnastics, there's an age restriction. So you have to be 16 or turning 16 in the year of the Olympics. And the first year I would have been eligible was 18, which is past your prime. I also fractured my kneecap twice and just didn't have the right body build. I'm a bit taller and you need to be short and strong. And I just, it's not my body type. And so once I quit gymnastics, which was a really hard decision, I was 12 at the time. My whole identity was gymnastics and being known as, you know, Paige's a gymnast and Paige's going to go to the Olympics. And it's really hard to give that up. And so I sat around with my family and I said, what? can I be good at? What sport can I turn pro in? And first we tried tennis because my aunt, she was a professional tennis player. She came out, put me through boot camp, and I was like, not for me. I wish I stuck with it because I think I would have actually been a better tennis player than a golfer, but it was just a little too similar to gymnastics and I needed a big change. I didn't come from a golf family, but my dad played recreationally. And so he took me out and he said that 
I'm a bit more introverted and shy and he thought that golf would be a good fit for me and I fell in love with it right away. And so from the first golf ball I hit, I dedicated everything I had to being a pro golfer. I was homeschooled. I practiced every single day, morning till night. It was my only goal. I was a highly ranked junior golfer and then at 18, I had to make the decision to go to college or to turn pro. And everyone told me that I needed to go to college to get a little bit more experience, personal like life experience, and also playing experience and playing on a team and in different environments. And because I was homeschooled, we thought it was a good idea. I went to University of Arizona first and then just wasn't the right fit for me. So I transferred over to San Diego State University. So many growing pains so many growing pains. I was burnt out of, I wouldn't say golf, but just dedicating my life to something and not really seeing the results. So with gymnastics, it was hard because I was fighting injuries. And then with golf, golf is such an interesting sport because you can work out, eat right, practice, and still not achieve your goals. And that was something for me that I just couldn't wrap my head around. And it also went against everything that my parents ever told me because I come from two athletes and they always said, if you put the work in and you dedicate your life to something, you will be successful. But that just wasn't happening with golf. And I was driving myself crazy because I felt like I should be achieving at a much higher level. And I had the athletic ability and every coach that I worked with said, you're going to be a top five player in the world. I had amazing hands, great body awareness, the power, the speed. I had everything to be a world-class golfer, but I just couldn't put it together. And I didn't know why. And it was driving me insane, actually insane. And I just got to the point where I just stopped caring. I wanted to have more of a social life. I wanted to have fun. I was tired of dedicating my life to something and just not seeing the results. So when I was playing at SDSU, I just lost my desire for it. And my senior year, the last tournament, it was regionals in Utah, which is so funny because Sam was playing with Arkansas at that same tournament. We'll have to talk about that the next episode. We just found that out. And I remember going up the 18th hole being so incredibly happy because I didn't have to play golf anymore. And I was going to put the clubs away. I just didn't want to do it anymore. So the clubs went away for about two weeks and I started to miss it. And so I was talking to my parents and they said, what do you want to do? You know, you need to get, I had one more semester I had to finish with school. So I was going to go back and be the assistant coach at SDSU and they were going to cover the last semester for me. And then we also decided that maybe I can turn pro. And there were so many ways that my life was going at that time. And none of it was clear. So I sat down. This was the the summer before the last semester. And my dad said, let's just give it a go. Let's give the summer a go. And then you can practice and play as you're being the assistant coach. And that's what we did. So I decided that that's what I was going to do. I was playing really well. And then my whole life flipped upside down. I blew up on social media. I didn't end up going back to be the assistant coach. I didn't even finish my last semester of college. I never got my degree, which is something that's so crazy. And I've actually never talked about that. I was like two credits short of getting my degree and I never got it. And like I said, my whole life changed. I then got the invite to go play in Dubai 
I blew up there, did one whole year of playing golf professionally and just was mentally exhausted, exhausted. In golf, you fail more than you succeed. And I was doing that in the public eye. And everyone was telling me, you should quit, you should give up, you're not good, all of these things. And I was already dealing with these mental issues of years and years and years of trying so hard and coming up short. And I just broke. I honestly cracked. (laughs) I broke. And I just stopped. I said, maybe I'll go back. And I've never gone back to try to play golf professionally again. It's... It keeps me up at night, to be honest, because I feel like a failure and it's really difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that I I never made it. Not as a gymnast, not as a tennis player, not as a golfer. And it's been hard. It's really hard because I felt like I could do it and there was just something missing. But instead of sitting down and feeling sorry for myself, I picked myself back up and threw myself into my media work and my background of just grinding hard work has really helped me in my media career because I work so incredibly hard. And the difference is here, the harder I work, the more successful I've become. And I think that's why it's been a more fulfilling journey for me than with professional golf, because the more hours I put in, the harder I work for my partners and myself, it's, it's, the outcome is great. The outcome is positive. And that's just been something that is really fulfilling for me because I feel like I am reaping the rewards of my hard work. And so I'm happy that I'm doing what I'm doing now, but if I had the choice to be doing what I'm doing or play on the LPGA tour, I would probably pick the LPGA tour because that was just a goal that I've always wanted to achieve. And it was a dream of mine. And I wish I could have checked that off before I went over into doing media work full-time. But that's not how life works. And you always have to adapt and change and evolve and just brush yourself off and figure it out and move forward. You can't regret decisions that you've made or dwell on failures. You have to use them to motivate you to keep pushing forward. Is there any nudity on OnlyPage? No, there is no nudity on OnlyPage. I think some people get confused because it it is OnlyPage and it was a cheeky name to make fun of OnlyFans because I get asked to do OnlyFans all the time by people. And so I wanted it to be very tongue in cheek. There's no nudity and that's on purpose. I also think that implied nudity and not showing everything is actually sexier is being able to like use your imagination and that's something that I will always continue to do I have have no issue with like implied nudity at all I just never want to show those parts of my body and I never will do that I also just don't think it is beneficial to my business goals and the and how I see my career unfolding in the next 5 10 15 20 years And it's not a knock on anyone who does that. It's just a personal preference that I I never want to do. And also because I just had such a traumatic experience with the picture that got leaked. And I just, that was really hard on me. And so for all those reasons, there's no nudity. But also because there's more value on OnlyPage than just seeing a nipple. And I try to provide so much value on OnlyPage. The instructional content there really shines. 
there is something for everyone and we're going to continue to keep building it. I'm actually going to Florida tomorrow to shoot more instructional content to make OnlyPage the best that it can be. Also, we're doing giveaways and all the annual members got a free built shirt and there's behind the scenes footage and just there's so many other things on there that I think bring so much more value than seeing a titty. And I want to continue to keep doing that. I'm never going to shy away from the sexy side of my brand because I like the way that my body looks. I don't think there is anything wrong with the human body. I think it's absolutely beautiful. And I work incredibly hard in the gym with my diet. And I am young and I want to be able to feel sexy. There's nothing wrong with that. But I want to do it in the guidelines that feel comfortable to me. And so I will always continue to stay true to that. That's never going to change, but it's not like you're, you're not going to see sexy pictures on OnlyPage. You're going to see sexiness and cheekiness everywhere because that's just who I am. That's, that's my brand, and I will always stay true to that. Thoughts on Liv getting a 0.2 TV rating last weekend? I'm not surprised. I think that Liv has fizzled a little bit. It came out with a bang that first year because of all of the controversies and the curiosity of which players are going to jump over and which ones aren't. And I think they were expecting a lot more players, higher ranked players to jump on board. I remember during the height of it, you were hearing names like Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay. And obviously they didn't end up doing that and they stayed on the PGA Tour but if, if that happened, if more players jumped over, then I think it really could have been interesting this year, but that just didn't happen. It's not surprising. They're also on the CW. I don't remember the last time I've watched TV or have watched the CW. I think that just entertainment is evolving and I wish they were a little bit more creative with how they decided to maybe stream live. There's so many reasons why. I, I think that it's continuing to fail and not be where they expect it to be. But I mean, does anyone really care? You know, I think that it has made the PGA Tour better. I think that the Live versus PGA Tour controversy of last year has elevated the game for not only the players, but for the viewers. There has been changes on the PGA Tour, as well as new ideas like the stadium tour with Tiger and Rory, which I'm really excited about. So I think all in all, it's been really positive. And you're, I don't, if you're for it or against Live, there has been so many positive changes. And so you can't hate on that. It's time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet exclusive lightning bets mean you can bet live on the next play minute by minute or build the perfect live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets right in the middle of the action. With PointsBet, you can cash out before the game is over and get your money instantly. Plus, every day at 6 p.m. Eastern, there's PointsBet Power Hour where customers get bet credits, boosted odds, and more. So download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code PAGE in any of PointsBet's live states to get a second chance on your first five bets up to 100 each. That's five straight days of second chances where PointsBet will match your losing wager and bet credits. Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Next question is, how tall are you? So this is an interesting question because when I meet people... Some of the responses are, and this always surprises me, I thought you'd be taller in person. And that happened a lot at the Chicago Golf Show. I had multiple people tell me, I thought you'd be taller. I'm almost 5'8", so I'm not short, but I guess I just have a presence of looking taller on social media. But everyone thinks I'm gonna be like maybe 5'10", 11, but only only 5'8". So not, not not short, but yeah, everyone's just really surprised. Might just be about some of my body proportions that make me look a little bit shorter. Next question is, I've missed the mental health and anti-bullying material I used to post. Yeah, this one's interesting. So I used to open up about mental health and just the the online abuse that I was facing when I first started my career on social media, which was a while ago now. And I felt that first off, I wasn't I wasn't equipped to handle life online and life in the public eye. I was 22, 23 when all of this happened. I was thrown into it. I had no idea what to expect. It was really challenging to live a normal life and then instantly overnight have hundreds of thousands of people have a negative opinion about you. And it took a toll on me mentally. I think when I would talk about it, I came off as if I was having this victim mentality. And even to this day, people say that I used to play the victim or I play the victim. But I, I think that it was just me trying to deal with all of the hate that I was getting. And it was coming in such a large volume that I don't think any human being should be able to handle that. And they're not equipped to be able to handle it. And so over the years, I have just stepped away from that because anytime I have talked about, you know, the online shaming that I've received, the response is always like, well, you put yourself out there. So it is what it is. Like if you can't take the heat, step out of the kitchen. And I honestly kind of agree with that because I have a choice to do this job and I can step away at any point. I don't have to do this. 
And although it's a big negative, it's just a part of what I do. And when you separate what you do and like what people are saying from the reality of the situation, it's really not that bad. I've created this persona. It's almost like a shell to protect myself. And the persona is this like outgoing sex pot, you know, funny, rebellious, patron character. And although it's still me, it's a, it's a very exaggerated version of myself. And it's been easier for me to handle the negative shots that people take daily because it's not, it's not about me. It's not to me. They don't know me. And so I just don't talk about it anymore because I also just think that people are way too soft online now. And I also noticed that mental health started to almost be a trend where people were talking about it to seem relatable. And that also kind of upset me because I think it is great that people are talking about and being so open about it. But some of the people who were talking about it were almost using it as a way to like seem cooler. And it really rubbed me the wrong way because they weren't making changes in their life and they weren't giving their followers tips to be able to handle mental health issues. And they're also not trained to be able to do so. And so moving forward with my platform, I have decided to only talk about it when I feel like I can give advice on how to make you feel better. It's not like, oh, I'm depressed, you're depressed, we're all depressed, like life sucks. It's like, okay, maybe I I feel anxious today. Well, if I'm feeling anxious, here's what I do to not feel as anxious. Maybe it is cutting alcohol out of your life or focusing on your diet or taking a walk or disconnecting from your phone or, you know, providing some type of value. Instead, I would see these influencers who would talk about mental health issues and how they were feeling. But then the next video, it's them partying and doing all these things. And they talk about how crappy they feel and all this stuff. And they they never change it. And they don't provide any positivity back to their audience. And so it's been, it's been... Gosh, I don't even know really how to put this in words because it has been an interesting journey for me online on who I want to be and the content that I want to talk about. And I just have personally decided that I want my content to be about fun and, and a silliness and a cheekiness. And so everything that I put out now is to provide entertainment and to hopefully put a smile on your face. And that is my way of in a roundabout way, going back to like mental health is to make people happy and to provide a little bit of sunshine in their day because life is hard and we're all dealing with stuff. And so if I can put a silly video or a picture or something out there and make someone smile, I feel like that is more beneficial to their mental health than me talking about how I have anxiety. And I have talked about, and the people who follow me know that. And so this is what I've been doing recently to try to make a positive impact on other people. And I feel better doing it. And I get so many comments about how my content does make them very happy. And so this is just something that I will continue to do. And I probably won't talk about mental health or anti-bullying that much moving forward because I just feel much better creating content that makes people happy and creating a community of, of positivity. I feel like that is actually more beneficial. 
How are you feeling these days? You seem so happy. I love it. Yeah, I, I am really happy. I am about to be 30 at uh, the end of March. And I feel in the last couple years, I have matured and grown and changed so much. So much. I have put so much effort into being the best version of myself and trying to do things that make me happy and finding my purpose and finding what makes me fulfilled and just not being as hard on myself and down on myself and so critical of everything that I'm doing. And it's it's interesting because I would always try to search for a purpose in life and to feel fulfilled and like what would make me happy and I realized that it's it's not that serious <laughs> and you can feel fulfilled by doing things that just make you happy I went into everything in my career and and even in life just trying to do something bigger than myself and to try to make a change and to try to do all these things and I put so much pressure on myself to be perfect and to achieve things and to be the best that I could be and I was making myself miserable and I hated waking up because I felt like a failure every single day and so I just switched my mindset over and I go, okay, what's going to make me happy today? And sometimes it's making a stupid little silly video that I post online and makes other people happy and that makes me happy. And it's not about changing the game or doing all these things. It's just about doing something that makes you feel good. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's whatever it may be. Just do something every day that makes you feel good. And it can be such a small thing. And I've just been trying to focus on that and also just be a good person and be a good friend and be a good partner and just, just just try to do those little extra things and go out of my way to make someone else feel better. And that has actually been a really big change in, in my life. Next question is, <laughs> do you consider yourself a good role model? I think that's really subjective. What is a good role model and, and why is it a good role model for you or why is someone a bad role model? And so I can't say that I think I'm a good or a bad role model because I think I probably am a good role model for some people and some people probably think that I'm a bad role model. I know that the content that I create and my business is not everyone's cup of tea and I've accepted that. But I'm also really proud of everything that I have accomplished. I think if I went up to anyone and I said, hey, your daughter at 29 is the CEO of a profitable media empire that is growing every single year with endless opportunities, I don't think anyone would be like, yeah, that girl's a disappointment to me. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that, you know? So I think it's how you frame things. But if you know nothing about me, you quickly glance at my Instagram, you could come up with the assumption that I am just a, <laughs> a desperate girl using my body for male validation. And if that is your judgment call, then you'd probably think I'm a bad role model. So again, I think it just goes into not making a snap judgment about someone and learning more about them and who they are and their business or whatever it may be to coming up with your own idea if they are a good or a bad role model for you. I also don't think that 
my content is for a younger audience because I don't think anyone under the age of honestly 15 should be on social media. I don't think it's healthy for them. And so I'm not creating content for 10, 12 year old boys and girls because they shouldn't be on social media anyways. And I like the content that I create. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be tongue in cheek. And it's also a statement. I got really tired of people telling me what I can and cannot wear and telling me that what I wear changes their opinion on if I'm a good or a bad person. It makes no sense to me. And I've dealt with this for so many years of brands and people not wanting to work with me or having these judgments about me because of what I wear. And I'm a bit, (laughs) there's one thing about me, I actually am a bit rebellious. And if you tell me that I can't do something, I'm gonna do it 10 times more. And I think that what I've worn, if if you see the progression of my Instagram, I've always been a bit more revealing with my clothes, but I've done it a bit more recently to prove a point that you can respect the game of golf and you don't have to wear what is deemed appropriate. And you can have fun on the golf course, you do all these things, you can be a good person. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a crop top or not. It just does not make sense to me at all. And I have been like this since I was a little girl. I was so shy. I didn't talk to anyone. But if I saw injustice happen, I sprung into action and I stood up for anyone because it just doesn't make sense to me. And so my whole business has kind of evolved into pushing boundaries on purpose to prove a point because I'm so sick and tired of seeing these people on their moral high ground who pretend to be so perfect for the public and then behind the scenes are just shitty people. And they have the audacity to tell me that I'm a bad person or a bad role model because I'm showing a bit of cleavage. Give me a fucking break. And so I push the boundaries to be like, this is insane. That someone, what someone wears can truly affect your entire judgment about them, it, it blows my mind. And even there's been some little rumblings in the golf industry about OnlyPage. You know, on, on there, I don't do nudity. I have expressed multiple times that I will never do nudity and people still think that I'm going in a direction that's you know not suitable and it's like I'm wearing a bikini or I'm wearing you know very tasteful lingerie who cares I'm still the same person why does me also being sexy make you think differently about me I will never ever understand that. And so, you know what I do, which is probably stupid in the long long term, but this is like what I stand for. I'm going to continue to do it to prove my point. I'm going to continue to keep pushing to show that like you can wear what you want to wear and you can be who you want to be. And if someone doesn't like that, okay, fine. But it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Like it doesn't define who I am as a person. And I just wish people would be more open-minded and (sighs) 
I get so worked up when I talk about stuff like this because to me, it's so logical and it makes sense. And then I will talk to other people, I hear other people's opinions about stuff like this. And it just, it doesn't add up to me. You know, I'm saying one plus one equals two and they're saying, no, it equals three. And you're arguing about it, but you know for a fact that it equals two and they're arguing and they know for a fact that it equals three. And that that is what this feels like. And so I have always, always pushed the boundaries and it's with purpose. It's, it's not for validation, online validation, although that does seem nice <laughs> sometimes and sometimes it is really nice. It's more than that. And within my entire business too and what I stand for it's not I don't do this for the money I don't do this for any other reason but to just keep pushing forward and to show people that a woman can be sexy she can be smart she can be talented she can be all of these things and what she wears does not it doesn't define who she is and I, I feel so incredibly strongly about that. And I will continue to push forward. I will continue to wear what I wear for a reason. And there's purpose behind it. So I don't know if any of what I said <laughs> answered the question, if I think I'm a good role model or a bad role model. But I do want to clarify that I am not advocating for young girls or women to show their body off if they don't want to. I am advocating for women to be able to be themselves without unfair judgment. And if that means that they want to cover up because that's how they feel comfortable, then fucking go for it. If they want to show off their body, then fucking go for it. That is what I stand for. And I try to push that message across because women face so much crap <laughs> every single day, double standards all the time, and I am just pushing against that. So that's for some people like that and some people don't like that, but I, I am happy with what I stand for and who I am. I also know that my parents are really happy and proud of who I am, and I think they, they would say I'm a good role model, and that's all that matters to me is what my parents think and my friends think. So, and you know, my partner. So that those are those are the people who matter to me, and I think that's who you should also care about the opinions if if they're really close to you. So that is <laughs> that is the episode for today. I really hope you guys enjoyed. I always love doing these Q and A episodes, and I know you guys enjoy them as well. So don't forget to follow the Playing Around podcast account. We're posting a ton on there. We do stuff like this where you can interact with me and ask me questions. And as always, go leave a five-star rating and a nice little review. Subscribe to the pod, share it with your friends, and I'll catch you guys here next time. Thanks for listening. Do you want to improve your game faster and hit your driver longer? The good news is ShotScope can help you achieve your goals. ShotScope has products for every golfer, such as GPS watches, laser rangefinders, and shot tracking devices designed to lower scores and improve your golf by over four shots on average. 
I use the Pro LX Plus rangefinder on the course to get my distances. What I love most about ShotScope is tracking my game and reviewing my stats. The great news is your personalized stats are completely free with no yearly subscription. If I can use it, anyone can. Jump over to ShotScope.com today and find the perfect product for you. And remember to use my code PAGE at checkout. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.